Welcome to Mafia, a new podcast telling stories of America's criminal underworld. Gotti assumed the position of head of the Gambino family. And using the name Donnie Brasco, I was able to infiltrate the uh, Bonanno uh, crime family in New York City. Bugsy Siegel is an American mob legend. One man changed the whole texture and landscape of crime in America. Listen to Mafia every Wednesday on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your favorite shows. Five, four, three, two, one. Cue music. This is Movies First with Alex First and Chris Coleman. We come to our first movie release outside of New Year's Day for 2017. It is called The Edge of 17. Alex First, what is this all about? Well, firstly, I'm going to pick you up. The word of does not need to be there. Outside of 2017. What? Outside 2017, it doesn't need the word of. You know my S apostrophe S. So I figured, you, you know, you're, I'm you're wrong big... about that one. <laughs> now, but the, the, the reason I'm saying this is it really bugs the proverbial out of me when somebody says outside of Melbourne, outside of Canberra. It's not outside of Melbourne or Canberra. It's outside Melbourne or Canberra, is it not? Well, it could. No, no, it's not could. It is. It is. And it's it's like apostrophe s. It is not. So there, when sorry, outside, I, according to uh, according to grammarist.com, when outside of functions in other ways, the of is often essential. For instance, when it means it's often essential, but sometimes it's not. For instance, when it means aside from or other than, removing the of wouldn't work. For example, outside of the surprisingly propulsive X Men First Class, it's been a disappointing year for the comic book adaptation. I would agree with that, that the of then is necessary. Yeah, so, so sometimes it is necessary. Yes, and often it's not. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so The Edge of 17 we're mm. talking about. Another scintillating performance. Do you remember Hayley Steinfeld who was in True Grit? Yes, yes the, 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 she... remake, the remake of True Grit, which somehow conspired to be not quite as good as the original of True Grit. Which... Oh, it was still pretty good. Yeah, still... yeah, but I mean, bear in mind that John Wayne won an Oscar for... Probably the most lacklustre lead <laughs> acting role in history in the original True Grit. So when the when the the the, the remake wasn't as good, you know. Well, but, but she, she was good. She was very she was good. Very in it. But, strong. Yeah, she, I mean, I remember we talked about her as a, as a, as a rising star when yes. we, when we spoke about the, the remake of True Grit. And, and look, another grand performance from her is one of the distinguishing features of this first-rate coming-of-age story that also features Woody Harrelson in a memorable role. And, look, growing up, I suppose, is a great equaliser because no matter your family situation, walk of life or specific personal experience, anyone who's gone through adolescence understands the growing pains, the awkwardness that go with that territory. Oh, that are just such fun times. Yeah, exactly. Well, I'm specifically referring to navigating the transition to adulthood. I mean, it could be as simple as pimples and not wanting to be seen with them and, and so on. Look, the times change, the modes of communication evolve, but some things like the first pangs of love or, or the sting of a friend's betrayal never change. Creating a film about maturing in our digital age took someone who could poignantly capture the voice of the generation. So this is a refreshingly authentic voice from writer and first-time director Kelly Freeman Craig. Hayley Steinfeld plays Nadine, or Nadine. 
quite a different cat. She feels awkward, doesn't fit in, unlike her older, handsome brother, Darian, played by Blake Jenner, who has always managed to draw people to him. From her youngest days at school, Nadine was picked on. She was the one with no friends, until Krista, role-filled by Hayley Lou Richardson, came her way. The two quickly became inseparable besties before attempting to navigate high school together. Nadine remains unlike others, but Krista was solid as a rock beside her all the way. That is, until Krista hooked up with Darian, the brother, leaving Nadine mortified. And that rocks her world. She takes it as a personal slight and even forces Krista to choose between her brother and her. Ooh. Yeah. So Nadine is bruised and makes her mother, Kyra Sedgwick's life, even harder than she already had it. Mm -hmm. So she leans upon an unlikely mentor being her history teacher, Mr. Bruner, Woody Harrelson, whom she constantly challenges. Now, Kelly Freeman Craig was inspired to craft this movie, The Edge of Seventeen, by the authentic teen films of her youth. She says she'd always been intrigued by periods of rapid emotional growth and self-examination. And Freeman Craig is referring to times of situational change, which force us to step into new roles, to look again at who we are and how we feel about ourselves. She says, I started this project in an effort to try to capture this particular age and generation as truthfully as I could and with a respect for the complexity and messiness of it all. Passing from youth to adulthood is intense and terrifying and beautiful. And in many ways, the experience of anyone, any age, shedding their old self and becoming new. I wanted to explore that. So I thought, yeah, absolutely, of merit. The dialogue in the film is particularly raw, especially from the main character, Nadine. I reckon Steinfeld gives this great look at me performance. In turn childish, petulant, autocratic, irritating. And she's also engaging throughout the dominant force that dictates events from the get-go. Harrelson, well, he's delightful and nuanced as the teacher who has to hold it together amidst Nadine's constant fits of pique. He plays a straight bat to her cries for help. And talking of that, the opening scene between Harrelson and Steinfeld is one of the priceless moments in the picture, truly sets the scene for what follows. I thought Fremont Craig had done an excellent job in giving The Edge of Seventeen humour, heart and pathos, moving seemingly effortlessly between the three. If this is a portent of what's to come, I'll be following her work with a great sense of anticipation. The film has far more going for it than the vast majority of growing up flicks. And for that, I'm entirely grateful. Really enjoyed it, far more than I expected to. Called The Edge of 17, runs for 104 minutes, rated M in Australia. You're listening to Movies First with Alex First and Chris Coleman. For more, like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. Now, now we'll come back to, to Steinfeld in a minute, but can we talk about Woody Harrelson for a tick? Yeah, by, by all means, go for it. Because I, I, does he amaze you what he has become in in the past few years? You know, you look back at his early stuff. You know, you look back at, at, at him in Cheers. You look back at him in White Men Can't Jump, in 
the money train. Mm-hmm. They look, and the, the, I thought the money train and white men can't jump. They were, you know, they were great entertainment, but they were fluff. You know, now he's mm-hmm. he's he's getting a lot more serious roles, a lot more challenging roles, and he's becoming one of the names of Hollywood. Yeah, he, look, he, he's been nominated for a couple of Oscars, so you know, yeah, we're 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 talking about a seriously good actor and and we shouldn't sort of forget about that i mean he's been nominated for four golden globes for example right so i mean uh, i'm i'm not surprised that you're saying what you're saying but yeah i think he's 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 doing some wonderful work and this is he's a, he's a guy who'd be what in his sort of mid 50s by now something like that he'd have to be because i remember him being in cheers in the in the early 90s so well i'm just and that's 25 years ago yeah, he is would... yeah he's 56 he was 56 last year or All 50, right, well, 50, it... sorry 55 last year so you bang on mid 50s right so he's got 88 acting credits to his name and to give you some idea of his prolific output well, well, you, you you give us some of his more recent ones, and I'll go back to some of his early ones. Okay, but all I was going to say, during 2016, he was involved in five movies. Mm-hmm. In 2017, there's already six movies slated for him. Now, that's, you know, that that, that is extraordinary output from anybody, right? And, I mean, uh, this is a guy who, okay, in, in recent times, I suppose The Hunger Games is the one that, you know, you'd, you'd say stands out because it was you know, a reasonably popular franchise. But he, he was in a very sort of dark film called Seven Psychopaths. That was in 2012. Oh, Now You See Me. That, I enjoyed that. That was fun. Yeah, Now You See Me was good. Now You See Me 2 was actually for, no, a sequel, not... for a sequel, it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. No, but it wasn't as good as it yeah. the first one. And then, then he does light stuff like Friends with Benefits, for example, I mean that was that, that was, and then then he does really you know, nonsense stuff like Zombieland, right? Yeah, the adventure yeah. comedy horror, but that wasn't bad actually. I didn't mind that. Yeah, you know? go go back to his early days. I mentioned White Men Can't Jump in 1992. Yeah. He was in he was in the god awful Indecent Proposal in 1993. Uh, oh, he, a bit a bit of light fluff, but a bit yeah, I didn't yeah, mind. That. Yeah, but th- th- this is what I'm saying. This stuff that he did and the stuff that he he. Did, and I know that he was a younger actor in those days, but it was fluff. There was White Men Can't Jump. There was Indecent Proposal. There were a lot of episodes uh, of Cheers. There was, I suppose, his first serious role, when you think about it, was Natural Born Killers, was Mickey Knox in yeah, Natural Born yeah. Killers. Well, I mean, and, and he did No Country for Old Men, which is a really strong film yeah. as well. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah. Uh, no, almost a decade ago now. But, yeah, I mean, he's, he's done some he's done some very worthy material amongst some stuff that were light and fluffy. And, I mean... Uh, for example, he was in the Will and Grace television series as mm. well for a number yeah. of episodes, and, and and appeared once in Frasier as well. So yeah, he's done. He's mixed it up. I, look, I think that most actors would love to move into movies. I know that some are moving back the other way when they can't get roles, and you know they've been talking in recent time that the quality of television has has in, increased immeasurably and and grown. And I agree with that. Yeah, well, some I of the stuff that that is coming through, courtesy of HBO, some yes. of the series that they're making, and, and they can. And, and I'm thinking here of, of say Sons of Anarchy, which yeah. you know, I don't know if you've watched it. If you haven't, no, I haven't. If you haven't, you should set aside a week and just watch it because it is it, it is almost the it or Breaking Bad. You know, they oh, yeah. you know where you you can actually show far more character development 
in a quality TV show, and it's actually what TV should be doing more of. If they're wondering why people are stopping watching TV, it's because there isn't enough stuff like Breaking Bad or Sons of Anarchy around. Well, the, the only thing I'd say is because I'm so enmeshed, enmeshed uh, in movies, I, I barely have a night that I don't go out. So it's kind of that, and it, it it's become in recent times a choice between TV series or movies. And I go movies because that's, you know, that's my bread and butter. It's not that I don't want to get involved, but I mean, I think I saw 250 to 300 movies last year. It, it doesn't leave a lot of time, but that that's, that's only an excuse. I'd love to, I would love to get myself involved in some of these series because I've heard some wonderful things about them. The, uh, he, Another movie that I actually really enjoyed, Barry Levinson directed back in 97, Wag the Dog. Now, that was good fun. I mean, that was... A, a lot of people in Australia didn't get Wag the Dog. No. But, but I mean, if, that, if you are, if you're like, like I'm a bit of a political junkie, I loved it. Well, I mean, Dustin Hoffman and De Niro. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean... Yeah. How can you go... Well, actually, no, I won't say how can you go wrong, because no. you can. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, Dirty Grandpa is a good example. <laughs> uh, yeah, but... but but I mean, having having said that, there was also I mean, it goes on that that Dennis Leary was there. Uh, you, you had uh, Willie Nelson was in it as well, but uh, Kirsten Dunst, William H Macy, Anne Hesh, you know, and Woody Harrelson, of course. So you know, as a pretty damn damn strong cast, don't you think? Well, so yeah, go, yeah, folks, but, if you haven't haven't seen it, wag the dog. Yeah, give it a go. Get, get hold of that one. Yeah, it's one to dig up. It might be even be on, on like one of the streaming services as well. See, that's what you need, Alex. You need to get one of these streaming services. Yeah, yeah. You need to I'm, get a Netflix. You need to get a Presto. I do, I, use, I do, but but the problem is, I've also got, uh, I've got three three of these Foxtel boxes already, in different <laughs> rooms for different TVs, and you know what I watch? Sport. <laughs> Seriously, I, and, and I mean, my wife watches movies and docos, and, and she loves docos about medical things, like cutting people open. I, I take one look and run, screaming into the other rooms. As long as, as long as it's not, uh, <laughs> as long as it's not docos on. on how to kill your husband and dispose of the body. Well, thank you very much. <laughs> I hope not. So, getting back to the edge of seven. Ah, uh, yes. Let's get back to that because we, we have probably talked should... a lot yeah. about. One of the two key performers, Woody Harrelson, but Haley Steinfeld. I mean, when she hit the hit her straps with with true grit, I actually thought we'd see more of her than than I, I suppose we have. Mm. And because that I was mean, what six or seven years ago. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, she was she she. I mean, she was nominated for an Oscar. That was that was actually five years. Well, getting on to six years ago now, and. I mean, I suppose that I thought about her and I thought about Jennifer Lawrence, right, and the way that her career has just gone up and up and up. And I thought, oh, yes, we're going to see somebody like that. Well, I mean, I'm having a look. It's not as if she hasn't done a lot of stuff since then because she has, but, I mean, she was in Ender's Game. I, I didn't really warm to that, for example. Gee, that was a disappointing film. Yeah, yeah, it was. Okay, so... That was one example. Uh, I'm just having a look at what else. Uh, and, and, all right, she was in Pitch Perfect 2. Again, yeah. Again, not as good as the original. No. Uh, I, now, I haven't seen – this is one I haven't come across. Maybe we haven't got it, had it in Australia. Term Life is another one. But uh, there's nothing There's nothing really that sort of I, – I, I, there was something called Three Days to Kill. I don't know whether I ever saw that either. So yeah, it, it it hasn't quite come to what 
Jennifer Lawrence. Well, not even close at this point. So, you know, yeah, but but let's let's bear in mind, Haley Steinfeld has only just, and I mean literally three weeks ago, only just turned twenty. Yeah. So again, she's got plenty of time, right? And I mean, uh, you never know. I mean, it, it, it's a fascinating thing to try and pick who's going to make it, right? I mean that. That is so, such a difficult thing because all it can take is one movie and you're on your way, right? And and then with others, they drop drop from your your consciousness and suddenly they go from a an A lister to a a B lister and 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 slide down the pack because the roles they choose don't simply simply resonate with with an audience. And but it can even be a small movie or an indie film that that sort of catapults them to, to superstardom. So I just think she's got what it takes. I think she's a wonderful actor, and I just hope we get to see more of her in really meaty roles like we, we have with this one. And uh, I would commend The Edge of Seventeen to you. I think it's far better than the average coming-of-age film, and it's a 7.5 to 8 out of 10 for me. You've been listening to Movies First with Alex First and Chris Coleman. Subscribe to the full podcast at Audioboom, Stitcher and iTunes or your favourite podcast distributor. This has been another quality podcast production from Bytes.com. Welcome to Mafia, a new podcast telling stories of America's criminal underworld. Gotti assumed the position of head of the Gambino family. And using the name Donnie Brasco, I was able to infiltrate the uh, Bonanno uh, crime family in New York City. Bugsy Siegel is an American mob legend. One man changed the whole texture and landscape of crime in America. Listen to Mafia every Wednesday on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your favorite shows.